I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Just assume some uh, benevolent stranger walked into my house in the middle of the night and left it for me. And I the spaghetti about... is tied to like a gun behind it, so it shoots in the yeah. back of it. <laughs> you pull the spaghetti noodle. <laughs> yeah, the spaghetti is tied to the trigger. <laughs> Welcome to the History's Great Fake Internet Podcast, Lore Boys. I'm your host, Ethan Palmer. With me is James Miller. Howdy. Say hi, Jamie. Oh, and Peter O'Donoghue. Hello. If you're listening to this, I'm fully vaxxed. Uh, thanks for tuning in, checking the show out. Um, Peter, I didn't ask you to say hi, so I hope it's not going to be like you interrupting me all episode, but... Uh, <laughs> You know, we'll breeze past it. We'll breeze past Jesus. it. Right? <laughs> I'm sorry for stepping on your toes, Ethan. Yeah. Uh, so we're continuing with the Skaven today. Uh, so if you haven't listened to the previous two Skaven episodes, uh, if you don't know what a Skaven is, if you don't know what this word I'm saying is or does, uh, then check out the description of this episode for links to the uh, previous two, and you'll feel a lot less lost. Unless you like feeling lost and uh, like to hear us goof about stuff that you don't understand, then uh, by all means, just uh, continue to listen. If you like being lost, download five unrelated episodes, start in the middle, listen to four minutes of it, and then just delete the whole fucking thing. <laughs> you'll, ne- you'll never know what we're talking about. <laughs> Try and piece them together. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so between Jamie and Peter, I, we, we've now, you know, um, all the listeners have paused this episode. They've gone back. They've really listened, listened to or re-listened to the first two episodes. Uh, so they're all up to date. What do you guys remember about Skaven? Oh, I usually don't remember and I do remember. So I'm going to, I'm going to start on this one, but okay. I remember one episode we did. There was like, uh, an old tale of like a guy who wanted to build a tower, the best tower that there ever could be. Right. And then, yep. He couldn't quite do it on time, or he was just tired of doing it. So he's like, well, why don't I make a deal with this devil-type character? (laughs) Yeah, this Diablo-esque Diablo character. (laughs) (laughs) Let's make it. So let's get this done on time. And and, uh, the very next day he wakes up, and it's all done, and everyone's like, woohoo. But there's like a big old bell at the top, and it rings 13 times, and things start going bad. Uh, There's like awful rains and like rat people and... Um, the, the humans get driven down like into the earth, but the dwarves won't let them in. Then the dwarves have their own problems with the the rats, and this whole place, which I forget the name of, kind of just gets completely fricked up because they wanted a big old tower. I'm a, I'm amazed by how much you remember, actually. Uh, <laughs> Pete, do you have anything you want to uh, add on to that? Uh, yeah. Soon? In uh, one of the other ones there, we talked about uh, the Skaven technology, how they uh, worship the horned rat, which is some sort of demon god um, that is, you know, just a giant horned rat. Mm -hmm. Um, They build gigantic bells to summon him uh, and also worship uh, Warpstone or 
something like that, which is these uh, green <laughs> rocks. Yeah, these uh, green rocks that um, kind of chip out of the stars or something and fall to the ground as meteorites, and then uh, they can grind that up. They use it for power, for drugs. Uh, they probably fuck it as well, like literally All like anything, anything under things? the sun. It's, as, it's, it's like styrofoam. You can use it for fucking anything. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, everything you guys said was true uh, for the uninitiated. Again, uh, people should have listened to the previous two episodes. So what Jamie and Peter should have just done for you is called a recap. For anybody who is braving this uh, um, without having heard the last two, Skaven are rat people. Um, they're led by gray seers, who are gray rats, essentially, who gr eventually grow horns, um, as well as something called uh, the Council of Thirteen. Uh, so the first episode, we kind of talked about uh, what are Skaven slash rat people. Second episode, we kind of talked about where do they come from. Uh, now we're going to talk about uh, where they go and who their canonical leader is, caught Nigel, of course. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so like so many of these episodes, I have a quote for you guys because you know how I love them. Uh, this one is from Warhammer Army's Skaven 6th edition. The Lord Sigmar send, sends me visions of hell. I see gigantic treadmills eternally turning in the dark. I see uncountable masses of swarming vermin standing on their hind legs in a foul parody of man. I see diabolic machines made by deranged mutants. I see bloated queens with atrophied limbs breeding their rotten offspring. All this I see, and in my head the dreadful tolling of the cursed bell still screams. It won't stop! The multitude of red eyes stare at us from the darkness of sewers and graves. They loathe us, and they will rise to devour us all for our sins. Make it stop, please, make it stop. And that, that uh, could be about anything. That doesn't narrow it down at all. <laughs> and that uh, very hinged uh, person was Hieronymus Buscus. Buscus? I don't know. Uh, it spelled like couscous, but with a B at the beginning. Picking up where we left off last time. Uh, the city, which Jamie couldn't remember the name of, but remembered most of the details of, uh, originally called Tylos, now called the city of Skaven Blight, which name's kind of fitting. I don't know if they named that themselves, but uh, given the reading I've done, it's, it seemed to be implied that they did. They called their own city Skaven Blight, like they consider <laughs> themselves a blight. <laughs> but, okay. uh, seems kind of counterintuitive, right? It's introspective. That's just like, we're the problem, guys, and yeah. we need to make it right. <laughs> it's the uh it's the Tyrion Lannister from Game of Thrones like you got to wear your weakness as an armor and yeah. they can never be used to hurt you. <laughs> <laughs> um so it was more or less destroyed, obliterated, uh devastated by the tolling of the great bell, not the bell at the top of the temple. Uh how the last episode ended, if you guys will recall, was they decided that they wanted to create what they call their under empire, which is they wanted, you know, Skaven to spread to all corners of the earth. And to do so, the Grey Seers, the, uh, the basically like priest class of uh, the Skaven, um, decided to conduct a ritual which would like crack the earth and create like tunnels that they could use to kind of spread throughout the world. Uh, that didn't go well. Uh, the bell exploded. Um, it basically destroyed most of the earth like in in a lot of ways it's known as the time of uh time of troubles i actually can't remember what it's called 
That's Jeez. a pretty that's a pretty weak name if the crust of the earth has been cracked asunder by a rat bell. It's just like, yeah, we just refer to it as the troubles now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they shouldn't have, they didn't have the technology for self-burrowing tunnels. They shouldn't have like pushed it through yet. It wasn't yeah. going to happen. Just, <laughs> yeah, you, yeah. You've got like BP which is just like staffed entirely by rat people. They just like break off the bell underwater. They're like, "Oh god, what have we done?" <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but basically every every race uh in in warhammer fantasy was was aware of this was affected of this like the the repercussions of it were felt throughout the world the slaying the the race of the priest class of the lizard men uh basically took <laughs> took ownership of it and said yeah that was our magic it must have been because we're the most powerful magic users in the world so we must have been doing something that caused all that um <laughs> the uh the dwarves lived in the um in the world's edge mountains and they were all like destroyed a bunch of their fortresses destroyed there was you know tsunamis things like that uh basically across the world as a result of this bell cracking uh so it levels the city pretty much um following this catastrophe the once proud city of tylos now skaven blight as i said before was reduced to crumbled masonry and splintered wood the event however had not exterminated the skaven it had simply slowed their growth so a lot of skaven died but not all of them, obviously. I'm not starting this episode about the Skaven by saying, hey, the Skaven are extinct now, and there's no more <laughs> <Yeah>. of them. <laughs> uh, that's, like their whole, that's like their whole survival strategy, is you just, you fuck a lot, you have a lot of kids, so you can afford for a bunch of them to die. Right? That is, yeah, that is, that is straight up it. Uh, and I am, for some reason, in these tabletop strategy games, always drawn to those races like the Tyranids, who are just like the Zerg, and they just reproduce a lot, so there's a lot of them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right, well... Next time, uh, once you have your kids, Ethan, I'll be sure to keep an eye on them because you're just focused on the next one. That's what we've learned. <laughs> you need to keep an eye on me and make sure I get a vasectomy after the seventh or eighth one, okay? Yeah. <laughs> once you, once you like, just like your your favorites, the Tyranids, like once you're using one of your kids as a tool, then we know you need to get a vasectomy, right? <laughs> Are they not all tools? No. What's, why am I doing this then? They're, uh, well, oh no. Uh, did I misunderstand this? Um... <laughs> So the Skaven claw their way out of the rubble uh, and behold the destruction wrought by their failed ritual. Devastation around every corner, each and every building but one had been damaged. Many Is destroyed the by the explosion. All, of course, as Peter says, except the great bell tower which stood in the center of the city, completely unharmed. So, Horned rat, baby. He's got real power. Trust me. <laughs> I believe in the, horn, in the great horned rat. Yeah. So... <laughs> The Skaven, really more rat men at this point, because we, we kind of talked about it during the last episode. It was a refresher for you guys. Um, like, they, they kind of evolved to be Skaven throughout the course of uh, the Doom of Kavzar, the, the story told by the dwarf of the fall of Tylos and the, uh, the dwarven city beneath it. Um, but, like, it's kind of like, a, it's kind of like an evolution thing, where it's like the rats just get, keep getting bigger and bigger and bigger, and then eventually they start standing on their hind legs. They were right. cute little mice people before. Like yeah, yeah. Tiny ears and they're all. <laughs> oh, yeah. they didn't hurt uh, one. Five will goes to Skaven Blight. Uh, <laughs> somewhere out there, man. Uh, um, but yeah, so they they are kind of becoming the the prototypical um, Skaven at this point, proper proper rat men, if you will, uh, and they they rise above, uh, and they don't necessarily know what the great bell is or the great temple was right because they probably know that they were summoned by it in some way when it would toll 13 at every midnight um and that's when they would kind of pour forth so they probably have some recognition of that uh but they don't necessarily know that hey this is from our god the great horned rat 
at this point in time. Uh, they probably have some understanding of it, but not complete understanding of it. Okay. Uh, but they basically climb out of sca- out of uh, the ruins of Skaven Blight. I see every single building mostly destroyed or at least damaged in some way. And this one building, you know, just like shiny, squeaky, clean. There's like the little cartoon sparkles coming off it as they step out <laughs> into, the, into the light. Would uh, so that people not like this a lot more? Like, oh, now that all these structures are destroyed, there's so many like nooks and crannies to like curl up in, the, in, in like a twisting ball now opposed yeah, yeah. to like ah oh, these ceilings are too high and there's no there's no plaster smashed into the floor like i hate it here yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, but maybe their favorite like nooks and crannies got destroyed now you got to find a new nook you know what i mean oh yeah that's like, true yeah <laughs> when and i say every it's all crannies yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the new nooks uh, they still have like rat traps with guns on them and stuff those haven't all been like set <laughs> off yet and, yeah, yeah. No, yeah those are they're still still there for sure <laughs> so they see the, the the tower they recognize it as some sort of um you know proof of their gods you know truth of their existence essentially um so they they go to it they beg and they plead for sucker from the horned rat um at least you know some guidance uh, in what the world is calling and i have it written down now not the time of troubles but the time of woes which is kind oh. of like a, a milder trouble i'd say a woe yeah. um a woe if you will <laughs> <laughs> all the Isn't... all the skaven fursuits are so sweaty oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, but they, so they're begging for they're they're praying to their god essentially for guidance on what to do next because they were like, hey, we gotta spread out throughout the world because that's what the priest class told us, and then uh, everything blew up. Uh, a lot of them died, if not you know most of them died. Um, so none of them are gonna enter the temple. They're like, hey, you know, last time we kind of fucked with this guy, did kind of blow up on our faces literally. Yeah. Um, so they're all kind of just gathered around. All the the skaven are now gathered around outside the temple. Uh, and eventually their desperation turns to squabbling at the temple's footsteps. Just just as kind of peak pandemonium is getting reached, uh, the great doors swing open. Twelve figures emerge, eerily backlit by an ominous light shining from within the temple. Cool. The twelve gray-clad rat lords spoke with one voice to the assembled multitude. The time had come for New York. (laughs) (laughs) The 12 gray clad rat lords or Mayor Rudy Giuliani (laughs) spoke with one voice to the assembled multitude. The time has come for the children of the horned rat to spread across the world, to multiply in dark places, to gather strength. Hey, so, he, got rid of, he got rid of crime in the, in uh, Skaven Blight, and now, uh, now nobody likes him anymore. <laughs> it was 4th of July yesterday, and I saw a post of like the mayor of, of New York come out for a hot dog eating contest, and he um, just got booed completely the whole time. Like, oh everybody hates the mayor of New York. That's that's what I've heard is like they because they had their mayoral elections recently. Yeah. And uh, when I was listening to a podcast, they were talking about the shit show that is that election. It's just like mayor of New York is just you want to be the least popular man in the city is what you're yeah. trying to is, is the job you're trying to get. Everyone was booing him. Even at a hot dog contest on Fourth uh, of July, the most American thing there is in New York City. New yeah. York city, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Did he did he replace the wiener in his hot dog with an M80? Because that's I mean. <laughs> it's a it's a combination of uh, it's a combination of bald eagle meat and uh, gunpowder. This one's my, got extra my, mustard. My yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Um. Yeah. So people come out. These twelve rat lords, as they're called. Uh, these were the first lords of decay. 
Uh, the Lords of Decay, of Decay are the Council of Thirteen, which we talked about in our first episode, basically governing body, so you weren't far off, Pete. Um, now, you might notice a, a slight discrepancy with the 12 figures emerging and the Council of Thirteen uh, being them. Uh, of course, the 13th place is a symbolic position uh, left vacant to symbolize the Great Horned Rat's place. So, yeah. uh, God has room at the dinner table. I noticed that. Yeah, just like at the school dance, you gotta leave, gotta leave room for the thirteenth rat lord. You know, don't get too close to that girl. <laughs> <laughs> I noticed that it rung thirteen times at midnight too. So I guess um, the the rat lord is the thirteen o'clock for that. So the thirteen thirteen matches yeah. up. Yeah. Yeah. Right. They they hadn't invented twenty four hour clocks yet, so uh, oh yeah, of course. The, the Skaven Eight, actually invented times. them for the first time. Yeah, the Skaven invented military time essentially. One in the afternoon's not as threatening as midnight, though. Definitely, no, no. <laughs> so through the eyes of the twelve, uh, seeing his children begging at the doorstep, the great horned rat had whispered his plan, and the Lords of Decay would lead the Skaven in fulfilling it. Uh, we got government, folks. Uh, thank God. This was yeah. anarchy before. <laughs> uh, we've got to organize all these rat people. <laughs> it's like herding rats, as, as they say. <laughs> um, uh, with the Skaven hordes finally united under the guidance of their god, the hordes began to burrow once more into the caverns which they had occupied below the city. So, uh, Great Horde Rat comes out of the bell tower again, says, hey, uh, we need you guys to spread out. And they're all, they all immediately dig straight down. Just like, okay, boss. And yeah. just goes straight into the earth. Manifest destiny. Go west. And they all go straight down into the earth. He's like, well, this is going to be a long one. Yeah. <laughs> prophecy just got delayed. Uh, eventually, they burrow down to the ritual site, which had unsettled the world, where, you know, they had blew up their uh, their machine, essentially. Yeah. Did they build their fucking model bell with like cheap Soviet materials? Is that why it just blew up immediately when they turned it on? <laughs> it's yeah, like, I mean, it's like a Chernobyl reactor. <laughs> cheap, cheap Skaven material, essentially. But yeah, yeah you're, you're not you're not far off. <laughs> uh, so here they find that while the ritual may have cost the sorcerers and countless ratmen their lives, they had been successful in opening up passageways throughout the world. So uh, the ritual did kind of work, just kind of killed a lot of people in the process, which is okay. kind of like uh, Soviet progress, if you, you might say. <laughs> Well, also, it's, it's like they wanted to, like, they wanted to tunnel, and all they had were nothing but blasting caps, but, of course, rat people, not the sharpest tools in the shed, did not stand back far enough. Exactly, right? exactly. It's basically just, like, you, you lay down your dynamite, you drill down those tubes, and then you stand on, like, the cliff's edge side, and then push down uh, the plunger thing, and then just pull yourself straight to hell, yeah. <laughs> just, like, standing on top of a pile of TNT with the, the plunger on top, just, like, pushing it down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's not going off and you're getting mad. You're like, what the hell's wrong with this thing? Why is the plunger working? You're just like pressing it repeatedly. Yeah, it's like the Looney Tunes. It's just like stomping on the plunger the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so great cracks within the earth had created long passages that connected the city of Skavenblight to a massive highway of tunnels beneath the spine of the World's Edge Mountains. That's where the dwarves mostly live, the World's Edge Mountains. Uh, what was left of the Skaven split up in 12 directions, an army amassed each behind a Lord of Decay. So uh, 12 Lords of Decay, they each get an army, a clan, basically, uh, and they all kind of spread out to kind of preach the good word of uh, the Great Horned Rat. Does that, do you know if that manifests in the tabletop? Because I know, like, you know, different Space Marine chapters are all different colors, and, like, do the different yeah. Lords of Decay have different colored rats? 
Yeah, exa- exactly. So, okay. I mean, we, t- we talked about it a bit on the first episode, but we talked about, like, Clan Eshin, who are, like, the sneaky rogue rats. Right. Yeah. There is one of the clans is, like, the Grey Seer clan. Um, there, I, I thought about including a list of uh, just the different clans, but it's it's one of those things. If It's only interesting to the people who already know it, I think. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Whereas you guys would be like, uh huh, just nod and smile and nod. <laughs> I could uh, I could try and quiz you guys and ask you if you remember the the eight names of the eight different winds of high magic and and <laughs> dark magic, or or if you just know the the name of high magic in general or dark magic in general. But I'm gonna guess uh, the it's Nina, probably... the Santa Maria, and the Pina Colada. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> One enough. of them. Close yeah, enough. it's like the the Chinook. And then the uh, and then El Nino are the are the winds of good magic and dark magic. <laughs> <laughs> I won't ask which one's which. Uh, in this real life comparison. Um, so they spread like disease, growing in numbers as they march, uh, always on the hunt for scraps of food or power. They they live for like ten years, maybe uh, most pro- most of them probably less, just based on the violence inherent in a rat society. Um, and uh, they they breed like rats, really. So um, their numbers do kind of grow over the you know decades, centuries that they're just kind of spreading and fighting throughout the the under tunnels here. Okay. Uh, the tunnels their martyred sorcerers had dug them led them let them spread throughout the world, uh, and they they eventually bring their fledgling dreams of a unified under empire to life. Um, for centuries they spread, like I said. Uh, most of their conflicts in the early days were with the dwarves. Um, they, they're the ones who tend to live underground as well. Uh, so they kind of share, share a turf, you know what I mean? This, um, this reminds me of Dragon Age, where the, uh, dark, the, uh, the dwarves also bore the brunt of the invasion in, in that from the Darkspawn, because yeah. the Darkspawn live underground as well. So the dwarves always well. get... You know, <laughs> the short end of the stick. Thank you, everybody. Right. They got that prime real estate. <laughs> <laughs> Took me a second. Took me a second. Uh, so the Skaven armies would crack through the earth beneath dwarven strongholds, where dwarf strongholds are usually fortified at the top. You know what I mean? Because uh, that's usually where people are coming from. Uh, they weren't ready for the dark spawn, and they weren't ready for Skaven, uh, yeah. who came from below, essentially. Not a whole <laughs> lot of kinda... invading armies coming up from you know the molten mantle of the planet. Yeah, yeah. Little known fact about dwarf uh, dwarf cities and dwarf strongholds, dwarf, dwarf fortresses, um, and this applies to dwarfs across all IPs. At the very lowest levels, it's all those like paper doors you see in Japanese temples. Uh, essentially, <laughs> so. that's their security. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just, uh, just chew right through that if you're a rat. I mean, no problem. <laughs> <laughs> all well, the like, rats are water like, on that rice paper it just like kind of separates immediately <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> all, all the rats are chewing up the walls just to like make little beds for themselves like just just to use this thing um yeah it's kind of cute right. <laughs> uh so they they basically would break through the crack through the bottom of a, of a dwarven fortress uh and just kind of pour into the gaps like a tide again their advantage is not um uh, you know weapons or training their advantage is just numbers more than anything yeah. They do have some unique magic, uh, some unique um, machinery. Um, cl- uh, one of the clans is known uh, for their warlock engineers, who are kind of the guys who create these warp fire throwers, um, the rattling gunners that you guys know from Vermintide. Uh, just, you know, the, the green-powered machinery is usually created by these engineers. So they have they definitely have some uh, machines, but their, their greatest advantage is just, like, pure numbers of clan rats, essentially. Okay. From what I understand, living in a basement apartment, their kryptonite is steel wool. If you put steel wool into one of their holes, <laughs> they can't get back in. 
<laughs> yeah, they finally tear down the Japanese doors, and then it's just like a mesh of steel wool, and they all starve to death in the tunnel. <laughs> the paddock full of steel sheep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what, what, what'd you get, cats for your rap problem? No, idiot, get steel sheep. Get steel sheep. <laughs> <laughs> well, tough to shear, um, but it works. Yeah, <laughs> tough to shear. Yeah. Need some kind of super steel shears to cut this. <laughs> <laughs> They've got like diamond shears to just like hack it all off. <laughs> so, uh, despite their growing distance between the various clans, each of the 12 clans would always consider Skaven Blight the capital of their empire. Um, so, they're strangely loyal for rats, I suppose. Uh, but I guess when you've kind of met your god, it makes sense to be a believer. Yeah. Um, there was some communication that always continues basically back along lines to the devastated city where uh you know central governing body is kind of located um some of the uh clan leaders it seems have like ventured out with their armies some of them choose to not and stay back and send out you know generals in their stead essentially do they send out like do they have like carrier bats in the tunnels instead of like carrier pigeons or do they have some kind of like warpstone powered like morse code system I I assume that it it is like entirely a game of telephone because uh, okay. there's just so many rats. I assume they they never leave like a space empty and it's just rats all the way back. And it's just like, hey, we we broke into the dwarf fortress. Pass it on. And then by the by the time it gets to the end, it's uh, a bee stole into a uh, bork fe- uh, fortress. Uh, <laughs> okay, okay. It's just Kronk squeaking, squeaker, squeaking, squeaker. Kronk's <laughs> <Yeah, yeah>, yeah. <laughs> in the middle of them there, for sure. Yeah. Well, that's why they have no strategies, because it is just broken telephone the entire way up. So by the time the orders get to the front lines, it's just like, what? Throw our bodies at the enemy? Okay. And then they're just <laughs> like ripped to pieces. <laughs> yeah. Make sure to, to preserve the phalanx and not let them pierce our flanks. Just swarm at them? Okay, sure. Okay. work. <laughs> 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 Uh, so while they expand, this Gaven would keep searching for Warpstone, uh, which Pete mentioned at the top of the episode, the glowing green stones which fell from Morshlib, the glowing green moon, uh, which would always appear in the sky to send portents of ill luck. So there's two two moons in uh, Warhammer Fantasy. One of them glows green and only shows up uh, at during bad tidings, essentially. Um, and it's made entirely of Warpstone, uh, which falls from the sky, and the rats just love it. So, while the moon's not made of cheese, I'm sure a joke we made before, they do love what the moon is made of. The moon, So the moon brings bad tidings and also tides. True. That's... I wonder if that's where the expression comes from. Yeah, me yeah. too. I, from it made me fantasy. Yeah. Why did you go out there and tell the vermin tide not to come in is an expression that is common among dwarves. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so eventually... Rumors begin to circulate that a massive horde of warpstone was sitting beneath a mountain in the World's Edge Mountains. Far beneath the summit known as Cripple Peak, a massive vein of the otherworldly mineral was embedded. Um, this is like their, uh, this is their, the Yukon rats going to the Klondike now for their rumored riches. Exactly that. It's, you know, the founding of Silver City, New Mexico. It's say there's, there's gold in them, their hills. Okay. Uh, Cripple Peak is a terrible name for a mountain. I'm you know, it's a, a bad connotation. So there's some weight to that word, I think. This was, <laughs> yeah. this was written in like 2003 uh, for reference. So uh, it's a little a little older at least. Um, but I'm going to try and avoid that word as much as possible. Uh, so many clans, hearing of the deposit, wanting the glory and power of securing it for themselves, begin to send expeditions to the mountain, hoping to break through and claim the riches for themselves. 
However, as Skaven began to claw through the stone towards the peak, they found it more inhabited than they had anticipated. Okay, so exactly like the Klondike. <laughs> yeah, exactly. What, there's people here? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> uh, scouts and raiding parties reported that a fortress occupied the upper reaches of the mountain, and occupying the fortress was a great horde of undead warriors. Initially, each Skaven clan greedily attacked the stronghold separately as they tried to be the first to grab the riches of the mountain uh, for themselves. But the formidable fortress was not so easily overtaken, and the Skaven hordes were pushed out of the mountain time and time again. The numbers they were up against were seemingly endless, as time and time again, the undead would rise to oppose them. At the head of the undead legions was the greatest necromancer of all time, Nagash. Interesting. I think I've heard that name before. Have you? Have we talked about him over the years? Uh, he may have come up before. I cannot recall if he came up during our Sigmar arcs at all. Uh, it's very possible that he did. Um, I certainly would have mentioned, you know, kind of the Undead Legions. Uh, for example, in Age of Sigmar, kind of the second iteration of Warhammer Fantasy, yeah. uh, there is an Undead faction known as the Legions of Nagash. Um, but we could talk more on Nagash and what he's about after the break. Okay. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, bet you get 30, bet you get 20, 20, 20, bet you get 20, 20, bet you get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. In that dread desert, beneath the moon's pale gaze, dead men walk. They haunt the shifting dunes of the breathless, windless night, brandish weapons of bronze in mocking challenge and bitter resentment of the life they no longer possess. And sometimes, in ghastly, dry voices, like the rustling of sun-baked reeds, they whisper the one word they remember from life, the name of the one who cursed them to their existence, more than death, but less than life. They whisper the name Nagash. That is an extract from the Lieber Necris, excuse me, translated by Manfred von Karstein, uh, which are names uh, that aren't so important. Nagash is known uh, by a couple titles. Uh, the Great Necromancer, Betrayer, Usurper, the Undying King, Supreme Lord of Undeath. He also has the name uh, He Who Shall He Who Should Not Be Named, uh, oh. which I, I think is awful. I looked it up. This came out two years after the Philosopher's Stone. So I'm not sure who beat who there, because I don't know if Voldemort... Voldemort must be called he who must not be named in the yeah, first one, right? He is. Oh, I don't remember, yeah. yeah. Maybe so that's like is. a common expression in the UK, because GW is in, <laughs> in the UK as well. It's just like... It's just it's just an idiom that, that... It's just a saying people use a lot about people they don't like. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> maybe, maybe there's just a lot of these types over there. 
so so someday Nagash is going to get his own episode for sure. Uh, and he, you can't really talk about the undead of Warhammer Fantasy without talking about uh, Nagash. But we're going to talk about him a fair amount this episode. But just uh, bear with me. We'll we'll get to uh, him someday, folks. And if you want him sooner rather than later, then uh, click on the Discord link in the description of this episode and uh, ask me. And then I'll know that I got to do it. And I'll add it to my list. Uh, my list is growing much faster than I could possibly put out episodes. But yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll get to it someday. So many more people. Like, I remember looking in or this week and there was like four at once. And like, yep. it's cool. Keep, keep on coming, guys. The Super one weekend we all choose to go away together. Yeah. It's yeah. <laughs> exactly. just like Discord's fucking lighting up and all of us are just like way too drunk to fucking do anything about it. <laughs> Uh, so all we really need to know about Nagash right now is that he's a hella powerful necromancer, probably like the most powerful necromancer, and that he's taken up roost on top of a literal mother load of warpstone. Okay. Can he uh, draw power from it as well to keep his uh, undead hordes juiced, basically? Yeah, again, I'm, I, I didn't dig into the undead so much. I don't think he uses right. uh, warpstone so much. He might use it for certain things. It just... It is kind of just like concentrated magic. It seems to be the winds of magic, of dark magic, Dar, which have crystallized. They form the moon, essentially, which, again, uh, listen to the first episode, Peter, if you want to hear more about it. Um, but so it, it's it's definitely useful to him in some regard. I don't think he has a, a hunger for it similar to the Skaven, but he's definitely going to try and protect it uh, from, right? right. Uh, so the fortress which he lives in is known as Nagashizar, which means glory of Nagash in High Nehekaran. Uh, the Nehekaran are like ancient Egyptians uh, in Warhammer Fantasy. Oh uh, yeah, those guys are fucking awesome. And they become they become the tomb kings who are all created. Every tomb king was created by Nagash essentially. Okay. Again, we'll do a Nagash episode someday. Um, but just to know that he's kind of like a ancient Egyptian styled uh, necromancer. Uh, the fortress is also known as the Cursed Pit. Uh, and it is one of the mightiest fortresses the world has ever seen. Um, built by the tireless labor of countless undead, the castle rises nearly half a mile over the desert. It was excavated from the, living, the, from the living rock of the mountain, and the top uh, is its highest spire. The top of the mountain itself is the high, its highest spire. So, seeing this, uh, you might be intimidated, but the Skaven uh, are not so easily deterred. They'd cracked open enough fortresses in the uh, last 200 years, after all, right? Are they intelligent enough to be afraid? Oh, absolutely. They're a cowardly okay. bunch, for sure. They're oh, very much like that when they're standing in line, it's like, oh, send this guy in first to his death, so I don't have to. Like, they're all, they're all like conniving tricksters who just want to get theirs. Right. They'll wait until 3 a.m. when the kitchen light's not on anymore to, to sneak in. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah they're, trying to, they're trying to sneak in under Nagash's cupboards. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's like every, every time the cat starts to chase them with a uh, giant oversized mallet, they know to run to the bulldog, who will then yes. chase the cat, right? So. Yeah, right. Uh, but with so much Warpstone to be gained in this expedition, even if they might be a little scared, uh, and lacking any unifying guidance to coordinate their attacks, the newly formed Council of Thirteen has to step in and take command. So um, this is kind of the first time that uh, the Council of Thirteen is like, you know what, you guys are kind of messing this up yourselves. Like, you're not doing a good job here. We keep uh, sending people in because we're attacking, like, Clan Eshin is going in, and then Clan Skyar is going in, and... We need to st we need to coordinate our attacks here, and then we can split up the warp zone. You know what I mean? It's all for the great horned rat, after all. 
Um, and it is, of course, amazing what you can get done by name dropping God. So uh, <laughs> it, it, it seems to be a pretty easy uh, effort in unifying each of the clans into a single force. Uh, they begin coordinating massive assaults on the fortress through the Byzantine tunnel uh, network below the mountain. But uh, as the hordes of the Skaven burst through the floor, all, all 12 clans burst through the floor in one concentrated attack. A massive assault seeking to overrun the halls of Nagashazar as they had done countless times to the dwarves. It doesn't quite go as well. Uh, unlike in their battles with the dwarves, the Skaven would soon learn, they did not have the advantage of their unending numbers. The uh, endless tides of zombies had the uh, the advantage. So yeah, I've said a couple times meat. that they're like an unending tide. <laughs> yeah. I've said a couple times that they're an unending tide, but that's, you know, hyperbole, where th there is a literal end to the Skaven. Uh, kind of less so with just... Uh, skeletons that one summons you know yeah uh they were they're actually limitless thousands upon thousands of his warriors could rise up in moments against the invading ratmen uh and the skaven that fall in battle then rise to fight uh on agash's side right so that's a that's a tough battle to win you could say new uh, yeah can, can the skaven read do they even know what necromancer means or are they all just like so confused <laughs> when the dead rise around them there's like how could we have known uh, i mean I, for sure they figured it out eventually i don't think they would have uh, uh, the council of 13 probably realized that there's some like magics involved because they're pretty tuned into magic themselves especially dark magic so they're yeah. probably like yeah this is this is like fucked up magic stuff but i don't know if they knew per se that you know their bodies would be be turned to fight against their uh fellow ratmen when they fell so it's kind tunnel of fighting. Sorry, go ahead. No, it's, I was just saying that's overpowered as hell, man. Like that's that's the Lich King, that's the White Walkers in Game of Thrones. That's the yeah. It's, with no cooldown, can just take your army and make it my army. Like ow. yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, the, the Skaven have the advantage of not caring for their fallen kin, so it's not like you have to face Grandma with your sword as she right. you know shambles towards you. They're, they're kind of more callous than that. but Yeah, frankly, they were going to kill each other anyway at some point. Like, what do they yeah. fucking care? <laughs> they're just expediting the process now. <laughs> uh, so tunnel fighting persists for months, then years, before both sides find themselves locked in a stalemate, neither able to overwhelm the other. So, um, you know, they I guess back at home, the, the boys back at home get, get to fucking uh, to replenish the numbers as quickly as possible. Um and I guess the thing about being immortal uh, for Nagash is that you probably work pretty slow because what's the rush, right? Yeah. Uh, so they're kind of at each other's throats, but unable to push forward at all. They probably um, have some really great little like posters, like "Your tunnel needs you." Yeah. It's like it's just like they've got like the the little rat family with a newborn <laughs> rat baby. <laughs> rat skeletons, not in my neighborhood. <laughs> well yeah i like the, the idea of a little nuclear rat family yeah yeah yeah. and how they're like snitch they're like snitching on the rats next door but they was like they were gonna do it anyway too <laughs> honey i'm home oh darling i made dinner it's fresh gouda mm, my favorite yeah. and then they're all like fight for it like the dad ripping it out of the kids mouths and everything. Oh, just, like, like, at each other. Yeah. just like a real 1950s family right yeah, yeah. <laughs> or the parents eat Eat the young if they don't have like a babysitter <laughs> <laughs> darling the babysitter ate the baby again oh well better get in the bedroom darling <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the news of my fallen child has got me feeling real horny <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> they don't call them the horned rat for nothing. It's got like a little... Uh, yeah, I mean, we didn't call our first episode Convert to Horny Rat, so... No, not for nothing. For nothing. <laughs> yep. uh, so the council turns to some more, uh, I guess, intelligent <laughs> tactics than um, just sending wave of after wave of their own men at the enemy. Uh, they go to Clan Skier, uh, Skyer uh, and their warlock engineers to break the deadlock eventually. Uh, they work tirelessly to produce the most powerful and advanced war machines devised by the Skaven, uh, only for Nagash to confront that force himself. So he's like, finally, like shows up. He's like, hey, what what is this? What is this? You got machines to kill my my skeletons? I, if I kill a machine, I don't get a skeleton out of it. This is an unfair unfair battle. Uh, he oh, interesting. Yeah, it's not that interesting because he has like incredible power over magic, like we said. A warp stone which powers these machines is essentially magic he yeah. like s- snaps his fingers and every machine dies just like yeah get get those out of my house essentially Jeez. what do you what do you do when the rap when the rats start bringing the traps into your house right oh yeah that's when you gotta worry <laughs> <laughs> giant trap right outside my front door just like ooh, they almost got me this time but I've, got the ele- I've got the electricity so i can unplug the extension cord that the rats have been running from my kitchen <laughs> you just hear like a, a giant saw blade going all night like <laughs> what like if an actual rat was trying to catch a human like what do you think the bait they would use what did like i'm trying to think what a rat associates me with. like if i watch in my kitchen i hit the light switch so does it think i like light switches like it'd be like one? a dirty magazine and a bucket on a string just to hit you in the head <laughs> like a paint <laughs> um i assume they like what we like I don't think they're so different than us. It'll just be like a plate of spaghetti with some fresh cheese on it. That would get me. A nice pipe hot plate of spaghetti on the counter as I walk into the kitchen. Aww. Just as, just assume some uh, benevolent stranger walked into my house in the middle of the night and left it for me. And I the spaghetti about... is tied to like a gun behind it, so it shoots in the yeah. back of it. <laughs> you pull the spaghetti noodle. Yeah, the spaghetti's tied to the trigger. <laughs> a little I bit of pickle, don't a you rat. A rat eating spaghetti sounds so cute. That's not, that's oh, not yeah. Yeah, move over, pizza rat. Yeah. <laughs> got a, got a lady, lady and the tramp with two rats and a plate of spaghetti over here. Ew. Wouldn't it just be the tramp and the tramp because they're rats? Yeah, you wouldn't uh, be able to tell them apart. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, realizing that uh, pretty much all tactics they were trying are bearing, are bearing no fruit so far, they try another one. They go to the surface. So they kind of do, like Jamie suggested, where it's like, let's figure out what they like and hit them there, you know? And they're like, hey, they like... Like like open air and and sky and sunshine and stuff. So let's go try that stuff out. Uh, so Nagash may have been the Lord of Undeath. Uh, there's still a lot of living humans in the surrounding lands. Uh, just you know, towns of of poor down on their luck villagers who live in the shadow of a half mile tall evil fortress with a necromancer in it. Like who hasn't heard this story before, right? It's the <laughs> Yeah. The, vill- the villagers in Transylvania living at the bottom uh, of the cliff beneath Dracula's keep, essentially. Yeah. Um, do, do you have so any they... idea what the place looks like, by the way? Like, I know there's a mountain sticking out the top, but is it just like sheer like rectangle walls all the way there, around? Or? There is. If you Google, I'm going to get you to pull up a clip, but I will type it for you because it's a bit of a mouthful. Nagashazar. Uh, if you type that, you'll find it. Uh, it's It's like... I mean, and, and that, the picture on the wiki that I found was, uh, like, a, a depiction of it. So, uh, I don't think it's, um, I don't know if Games Workshop has ever produced, like, canonical art of it. But it was essentially just, like, 
what you'd picture for an evil spooky fortress where it's like there's giant skulls uh, carved into the stone. It's on the top of a mountain and it's uh, big, yeah. essentially. Yeah, it looks like really scary in the wiki picture. Like it's it, it looks like two towers of this place and then sticking out of it are like weird spines that almost kind of look tentacle like. Um, they have like the towers at the top and it kind of vaguely reminds me of something like a vampire would live in. Yeah, I think it's yeah. covered in all those like stone blades to keep pigeons from shitting on it. <laughs> yeah, exa- yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, there's a doorbell that plays uh, like Ucaracha when you when you go up and ring it. Yeah, <laughs> I wanted something more ominous, but I just haven't had the time to change it yet since I moved in. It's programmable. I can't figure out how it works. Damn it. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I mean, it's a it's a spooky castle for the for the listeners in the car and stuff. If you can't Google it. You can picture Drac- Dracula's castle, and uh, I think you're you're not far off. Yeah. Um. So they go. Uh, the Skaven go to the to the lands of the villages, uh, the surrounding towns and cities, uh, and they launch an all-out assault up there uh, on the mortal followers of Nagash. Whole cities are going up in sickly green flames of warpstone. Um, however, the humans fight pretty desperately. Uh, Giant ratmen clawing their way out of the ground to, uh, you know, kill everyone in your city and burn into the ground is pretty scary. But they still fear the Dark Lord Nagash more. Uh, so they're basically like, no retreat. They give little ground. Uh, they know that they can't back up to the dark and looming fortress behind them. So they're like, well, this is where we stand and die, essentially. So uh, they're taking a lot of casualties, the Skaven, here. because um, Just because the men are, are fighting harder than you know, most enemies would where uh, they're like, hey, we, we can't we literally can't retreat when we've lost 10% of our people. It's we fight to the last man. I would like uh, I'd like to imagine a couple of like Skaven soldiers just like these humans fight so desperately. They fight like cornered well, like well, like cornered rats, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> I like cornered humans. I I assume the the rat men would say. Do you, do you, do you think the Skaven to like torture each other for information? Put like a guy in a hot bucket on one of their stomachs and try and wait for him to like chew through his body. <laughs> <laughs> just like a naked guy in there, just like eye eyes wide, just like what's going on with a tiny little shovel. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Uh, so, with the advance faltering, the war drags on for over a century. Uh, it, it takes uh, only a, a paltry hundred years of stalemate for the Council of Thirteen to finally realize that they can't win this war and that the expedition was costing far too many resources to continue any further. So, uh, much like uh, you know the U.S. Army in Iraq, it's just like, it takes way too long to realize, like, hey, this is really costly and we're not getting anything out of this like we're just we're just losing it's a lose lose here you know but Um, even think about the instability that we're gonna leave behind with the bone lords with the power (laughs) back we we can't stop now (laughs) uh so the amassed armies of the skaven prepare to retreat but as they do do so someone descends from nagashazar an envoy from nagash himself appears proposing an end to hostilities and a pact of cooperation in return for the Skaven's hard work, Nagash would supply them with Warpstone, mined by his undead laborers. He's like, you know what? I got the most Warpstone ever, ever found in a single location. I, I can spare some for you guys. You know, you've kind of proven yourselves pretty resourceful. Um, so let's let's work together, you know? Yeah, I resurrected a bunch of your guys from the dead, and now I'm just going to have them work for you. So <laughs> there you go. 
so they, they claw mark a deal, and both sides get to work. Uh, the Skaven do some odd jobs for Nagash. Uh, they lure orc tribes into the cursed pit, stuff like that. They're, they're getting them bodies, essentially. Uh, but they never really come to trust Nagash or his motives. So doing, uh, doing as distrustful uh, rodents would, they, they spy as much as they can. They're uh, pretty prolific spiers because of the uh, inherent mistrust in growing up in a, such a backstabbing society. Mm. Uh, but their spies at first could learn little, save that the growing armies of the Necromancer were setting sail into the Sour Sea in ships of bone. Um, upon their return, observers reported that the ships bore only a single prisoner. A human king of some southern realm. So uh, Nagash one day sends out, you know, a bunch of armies into onto the sea. Uh, they come back uh, a little while later with just one prisoner who is apparently some king. That's that's all they can find out. Uh, you know, not to not to uh, add omen onto omen here, or portent onto portent. Um, shortly thereafter, dark energies begin to squirrel, uh, swirl. Sorry, uh, above Nagash's are. I got rodents on the brain, so squirrels yeah, should come. I, I, <laughs> <laughs> I like the fact that like something clearly nefarious is going on, and these fucking spies can't figure it out. Does like they got one prisoner? Now there's <laughs> dark energy swirling around the castle. Uh, we got nothing, boss. Like what the fuck? <laughs> Maybe he's like uh, a, a famous polluter guy or something. Maybe he's like a coal plant operator and he just built something for them. That's the dark swirling energies we see above it. <laughs> um, no, so they they actually, I, I think it's the the Grey Seers, the the Council of Thirteen, who eventually figure it out. It's there's an incantation underway. Like like I said, they they are pretty tuned into or as turned in, tuned in as any race to uh, the winds of magic. Um, so they're like, hey, this is. This is like got incantation written all over it. This has got you know eldritch ritual just uh, all over it. Yeah, the runes uh, and the clouds didn't give it away or anything. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, they figure this is one to rival even the uh, great Skaven ritual from two hundred years before, uh, which, uh, as we know and as they know, did not end well for a lot of people. Uh, and I, I think they figure if anybody's going to be on that end of the ritual, uh, they, it'd be better to be them, right? Yeah. Uh, nightmares were stalking the surface world as mounting storm clouds lingered above. And this is something that a lot of uh, different races start to clue into that, hey, there's there's like something going on with the winds of magic. Like all the, the dark winds of magic are just getting, you know, drained away, essentially. The Great Seers themselves were struck by visions of the imminent future and dark omens racked their feeble and frail minds. Fearful, <laughs> of, the, fearful of the coming doom, the Council of Thirteen hurriedly gathered within the halls of Skaven Blight. We got to do something about this uh, this neighbor. I know we said no to the homeowners association, but I think we got to join, put it to a vote, tell them no more dark swelling clouds of energy above your house. Okay, just it, ru <laughs> it ruins the the property value for all the, all the other houses on the street who can't produce their own swirling vortexes of dark energy. Yeah, it's like it's just giving me my entire family nightmares, and we fight enough as is. Nobody's slept <laughs> in weeks. Okay, <laughs> I can't see my bad omen through their bad omen. Like where's yeah, the yeah. green moon? <laughs> yeah. Did you did you hear? They got a fifty-two inch full color dark omen uh, over at Nagashazar. Just saying, what? honey. God damn it, Margaret. Yeah. <laughs> God damn, Nagash got a fifty-two inch. Ah, oh, we'll get ourselves a fifty-eight inch bad omen. Ah. <laughs> yeah. Um. So they they start to get to work. They realize that this is bad uh, for them. 
They use every single asset available available to them, and the now unified council scries far and wide for clues to Nagash's intention. They're trying to figure out what this guy is doing, what this ritual is up to. Uh, to their horror, far to the south, uh, basically across the desert where uh, Nagash strode out of, um, they find the answer flowing like a dusty river of bone. bone. It, it, it is a massive horde of undead. Probably the largest emer- army ever known in history, with literally millions upon millions of restless undead warriors going on the war march, answering the summon- summoning call of Nagashazar. So, he's like summoning like every every able-bodied dead body uh, to war, <laughs> essentially. <laughs> every dead able body um, so to war. Vortex is like a mass email to everybody that he, that he needs, for basically. <laughs> <laughs> and, um... He's the most successful Nigerian prince in history, and everybody is an- <laughs> is answering that call. Um, all these skeletons have a thousand bucks on them. They're they're gonna send me, so I can send them all a million dollars later. Yeah, <laughs> it's kind of like a, a necromancer. Yeah, it's, it's uh, funny. Uh, like usually, you send it to to someone saying talking about your dead relative and how you're just gonna get things, but now you're sending it to people's dead relatives about like the living. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's kind of a reversal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, I hear your uh, your uh, nephew went on living after your death. Uh, if you help me, I'll help you secure the thirteen million dollar life investment I took out on him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah do you do you have to give the insurance back if your loved one comes back as a skeleton army? Uh, uh, they could try to take it out of my cold dead. Wait. Oh uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> if it's up to insurance companies, yes, they can. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So using every single asset available to them, the now unified council... uh, Oh, no, sorry, I already read this part. Uh, So it's already... There's a big army. Already the mightiest army the world has ever seen. And more of the fallen dead are rising all across the world to join the growing legions. So uh, the tide ain't stopping. Before such an army, no foe in the world would be able to stand. Uh, It's pretty, pretty much a consensus that even, you know, all the united armies of the world wouldn't be able to stand against this force. Because uh, again, when one person drops, more people like they they get back up. Essentially, yeah. they're just they're not homies all of a sudden. <laughs> uh, so terror grips the council. For the Skaven lords knew that the Under Empire would be the first to be besieged by this massive force. Again, they're kind of just camped right outside and all around this place, uh, and they've been kind of a thorn in his side for the last two hundred years. Um, so they're like, we're probably not in good standing with this guy. Uh, we probably want to help be the ones to do something. Uh, their network of spies, observers, and lookouts had relayed information that all is silent in Nagashazar while this is happening, uh, as the great necromancer is basically forced into a trance uh, after his undertaking of the great witch ritual. So, he's good with magic, he's very powerful, but he's vulnerable right now, is what the spies are reporting, because he seems okay. to just be, like, chilling, stock still on his uh, bench. Which, again, for an immortal undead person, I wouldn't even think that that would be that unusual you know what i mean you got literally limitless time no need for food water or drink like yeah. why not just sit and stare yeah just ha- have yourself a good century long stare it's very relaxing yeah. <laughs> you, ever, you ever just like zone out for like a hundred years decades yeah <laughs> bro they just i'd like to think so that they, it's like a refractory period sorry it's hey, like hey, a, yeah, exactly. <laughs> recharge, yeah yeah he's gonna recharge you can't do that all day get, get him a bottle of gatorade he'll he'll bounce back well, I like to think the uh, the Skaven spies that went in there is just like we did the test to make sure he was uh, he's he's completely catatonic. I waved my pink little hand in front of his eyes. He didn't react to it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Uh, so the great the or sorry the entire council realizes that Nagash must be destroyed, um, and they hope slash assume that that would just destroy all his armies, right? Destroy all the at least the undead that were raised in this ritual, because uh, it's it's you know nearing completion but not quite complete. Uh, or the alternative is you know all of them die and let the necromancer reign forever as the lord of the dead over all lands. Okay. Um, you know it's a it's it's a coin flip. It's which do you prefer essentially? <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, like I said before, uh, Skaven do no fear, uh, and none of them had the courage or skill to take on the Necromancer. They were all like, it was basically like, hey, we gotta stop the Necromancer. It's like, yeah, you do gotta stop the Necromancer. Uh, <laughs> they're all, uh, it's the moment in Lord of the Rings Fellowship of the Ring when they're all arguing over who's gonna take the ring to Mordor, but there's no Frodo in this story. So. Oh, okay, I see. They just they just keep arguing over who's gonna take the ring just to Mordor. Just a bunch of bickering rats. <laughs> <laughs> um... I say there's no Frodo in this story. There is a Frodo in this story. Uh, their salvation instead lies in a human. The human who had arrived in the ship of bone. The man is a known entity in Warhammer Fantasy. We will certainly do an entire episode on him when we do Nagash. Uh, you know, whether it's, you know, combo episode him and Nagash. But he's an ancient king uh, known as al Uh Basically the greatest king that ruled in that ancient Warhammer Fantasy Egyptian setting. Okay. Um, before you know the lands were turned into the lands of decay by Nagash himself, right? Uh, and the Skaven spies, uh, they managed to get in and talk to him. Uh, they quickly learned that all he wants is to stop Nagash. He was uh, completely broken by the necromancer's, you know, torture, presumably whatever whatever he was doing in there. Uh, didn't seem to be a fan of this guy, uh, but his will was strong. And an unceasing call for vengeance was burning in his soul, baby. He didn't care if he would die, for he knew his life was fading anyway. All he needed was a weapon, one great enough to stop even Nagash. So they break into the castle, the spies. Uh, they basically find this you know, broken man who's like, hey, I could kill Nagash, but I don't got a sword. I just got these broken hands of mine with which to punch him. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so the council gets to work. They forge a blade of the purest warp stone ever gathered from beneath Nagashazar. The Greysiers of the Skaven wove mighty spells and curses upon it while it was still molten, while the warlock engineers of Clan Skier inscribed dire runes so deadly that to simply read them would mean death. So uh, it's all, all hands on deck for this one. Everyone's building a sword. They're like, we can't kill him, but we can maybe build the sword that does. It's that Manhattan Project now. You've got everybody working together. Exactly, exactly. Okay. Sword that strong, and, you go and try and sheath it, it'll just go straight through the sheath and like into the side of your leg. Like, oh. <laughs> it's just a lightsaber, right? It's like uh, <laughs> it's a lightsaber where you can't put the laser away, essentially. <laughs> uh so the final attachment to this mighty weapon was a device embedded within the hilt of the sword, which allowed the council to watch and channel their powers into the human king. Uh, so they get like a ascending stone eventually that they can use to uh Again, watch and also, you know, give him a bit of extra juice if he needs to. Okay. Um, they're acting fast. So before it's even cooled, the blade was encased in a lead casket, presumably, like Jamie says, the only thing that could hold it or contain it, um, and delivered to the king. The king grasped the sword and the council guided him to the throne room. As the king entered the room, he beheld Nagash upon his throne, weakened by the labor of performing his ritual and seemingly catatonic. Aided by the council's Mental urging, Alcatazar dragged himself across the room and struck Nagash, the fell blade cleaving through his hand. 
awakened by the attack, the true battle began. So he's kind of snapped out of his reverie um, after his hand is kind of sliced off by this fell blade. He was oh. sitting still, and this guy didn't decapitate him? I, I mean, it's it, it's kind of implied that he may have hit him a few times, and like there was one that actually stuck. Um, okay. He's also like, every bone in his body is broken, and his skin is, is sluicing off. Like, he's not in, in great shape to aim and wield a sword. Okay. That's cool. So did did he have a cool line when he got up? Like, I'll beat you single-handedly or something like that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, Nagash, I, I see you're pretty tired from the work. Let me give you a hand. As he cuts <laughs> off his hand. <laughs> Decades in a cell. That's the best he had. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You got the left um, hand, so he's like, don't worry, I'll be all right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I don't want to finger the guy that's causing all this trouble, but wait a minute. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> and then they uh, made finger love <laughs> so the council reels as they're all like i said kind of kind of keyed in to this guy as uh they channel they're channeling their own energy into him to protect the pawn from the deadly waves of magic now being thrown at him uh nagash basically wakes up and just starts unleashing on the guy and it's Skaven magic that's protecting him from just being completely flensed and and you know shredded to uh, to strips of of meat and bone. Okay. Two ancient rat lords explode as the barely living king deflects a blow. So uh, basically, one swing of the fell sword and the uh, Nagash deflects it, or uh, one swing of Nagash's magic and the king deflects it, and the power like kickback, I guess, is so great that two old men in the room hundreds of miles away just blow up that's Pop. fucking awesome I would, <laughs> like you got the the assistant to the gray seer like just comes in the room and it's like sir how's the ritual going <laughs> it's just everyone's just ever, like holding it holding a tray just like splattered with meat just like yeah. okay yeah. <laughs> it, it, it's but it's a rat so it's just a tray of like meat and organs anyway and it gets like just <laughs> splattered with blood meat or uh, blood meat rat meat and organs <laughs> <laughs> Scra- scrapes off his face into the tray like yeah it's all good it's all good he <laughs> yeah. just starts walking around the room all the other all the other uh lords of decay are still focusing he's just like squeegeeing it off them onto the plate like i'll just leave this here for later <laughs> uh so with his strength fading the last hope of the living struck the uh lord of undeath a fatal blow his need for, for vengeance overtakes him, and he begins to hack at Nagash with everything he has, until at last the sword's deadly enchantments take hold. Soon the fell blade penetrated through the iron-hard, magically-enhanced bone of, bones of the Necromancer King, until he lay shattered in a thousand pieces. With his death, the Skaven had played their part in saving the world from a grim and silent end. The council saw their champion stagger away as the king looked across his once-beautiful land. His land and his people were no more, and the king wept at the sight, despair washing over the fire within his heart. He walked aimlessly back to the kingdom he once ruled, with the fell blade taking more and more of his life and soul away, until he finally fe- fell upon the river Mortis. There, the king died, and the legendary hero's body was never seen again. The Skaven, seeing their opening, and not sparing any tears for the fallen victim, moved into Nagashazar. As for what happens next to our friendly neighborhood necromancer... Uh, you'll just have to tune in to when we finally cover Nagash himself, like yeah. I said. That's the the Battle of, or the, sorry, the War of Cripple Peak. Um, that is the next installment in Skaven lore. Um, thanks again to Captain Willie for 
requesting this one uh, three episodes ago for me. I hope uh, I hope you haven't gotten tired of it yet because I certainly haven't. I'm I'm not going to guarantee that my next episode will be a Skaven, but uh, I am having a lot of fun just reading about these stories and, and reading about the the tales um, of the Skaven of the Ratman you know, and they're like. For like all the the undead army, like when the leader falls, is it like do you just hear like a million bones clatter down to the ground everywhere, or is it do they everywhere. come to their own and now they're independent thinking undead? Like Hu- yeah, yeah. Uh, oh no, hu- just huge clouds of of dust, just huge dust storms of just bone meal. Just oh like no. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, I will do an episode on Nagash and uh, the king who killed him at some point. Okay. Uh, but that that will be a multi-parter in itself as well, and it'll kind of kick off the Tomb Kings, and I'd love to do the, the starter uh, episodes, basically. Um, so maybe I'll maybe I'll go into that next, or maybe I'll do more Skaven, or maybe I'll do something complete. Maybe I'll throw you guys for such a loop. I'll do Banjo-Kazooie, and <laughs> you guys would be like, well, this isn't a Jamie episode. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Because uh, if I if I had to put money on it, I'd say that uh, Jamie would do Banjo Kazooie at some point. I've researched already. already. No. It's it's tough to I, it's tough to, to make a whole <laughs> story out of that one so far. But we could do we could do it as an April translated. Yeah, I was gonna say we could do it as an April Fool's uh, one and just do the entire episode speaking in the Banjo Kazooie voices. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, so thanks so much for listening, everybody. I've been your host, Ethan Palmer, uh, of the Lore Boys. Um, thanks so much for the continued support. Thanks so much for jumping into the Discord and, and requesting these episodes from us and just hanging out in general. Uh, it's super cool to meet you guys, get to know you guys. Uh, and thanks so much for telling your friends and leaving reviews wherever you can. Uh, anywhere you listen to this, just uh, leave a review. If it's a podcast app, if it's a thumbs up, if it's a five star, a 10 star, 100 star percentage, I don't care. Um, I, the goal is to get on Metacritic someday with all these these disparate uh, <laughs> iTunes reviews. Essentially, uh, I'll let you guys decide where the tomato fi- tomato meter falls with this one. Um, but uh, J- Jamie, do you have anything you'd like to uh, add and or plug? Uh, loreboys.com slash about get in the discord this is where all the people are right now as we speak there's people in the community gaming chat just gaming around and uh, you can be a part of this you don't you can be as involved or as little involved as you'd like to be uh, if you just want to drop by and say hey i want to hear this episode that's cool if you want to uh, lead yep. the community uh, by yourself and and split the lore sea and, and and bring all the lore folk behind you you could do that too um, get in the Discord. I like that Moses. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, get in the Discord. I spent 40 days uh, on Peter? Discord, just like wandering yeah. through the channels. <laughs> An empty Discord, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, check out at Loreboys Podcast on Instagram. Uh, that's where you can see our title cards and our updates and also message us as well. Uh, and check out our merch uh, over. I mean, you can get to the T public page through loreboys.com slash about, but. Um, if you want to buy merch, recommend merch, Discord's the place to be, baby. That's uh, that is the direct line straight to us, and we are uh, slightly more attentive than the gray seers. We we tend to understand what you're saying a lot more because you're a lot closer. Unless you want to have like other people message us on your behalf, but like a whole chain of it, then that would be the uh, that'd be the main thing. Um, I do want to shout out our newest patron here uh who i spoke to on patreon he does not have discord but he said if he figures it out <laughs> uh his name <laughs> is samuel breeze so thank you very much for your support samuel thank you the breeze of magic Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh that was the name of it it's dar and samuel are the winds of magic <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, it's cash uh 
Q-A-Y-S-H, for the Jamies and Peters in this, because I'm sure all our listeners still remember it. Yeah, um, we're, we're all channeling our energies into the Discord, and if, if Darnell comes out asking for one more Green Lantern episode, one of us just might explode from the brunt force of it, but we'll see. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Just uh, channeling the, the power of Darnell through our, our Discord channels is too great. <laughs> the lore request was meant to buffer this. Um, <laughs> yeah, thank, thanks so much, Samuel, for, for being a patron. Um, thanks so much to every all our, our patrons um, who have you know contributed monetarily over the years at this point. I think we've yeah. had Patreon up. Maybe not. Maybe like a year-ish. Um, it means the world that you guys are, are willing to support us in that way. Uh, and we'll, we'll try and keep doing good for you guys, doing good by you guys, and providing you guys with uh, the content and rewards. But if you uh, don't want the kind of crummy Patreon rewards, let's be real. We do have Lower Voice Prime, something that we've always offered. And uh, longtime listeners of the show will know that we've been working very closely uh, with not just King Nagash, but uh, some other kings, like King James. Ever heard of him? Yeah, he's working on a Bible, too, and it is fully <laughs> sponsored and endorsed by the lore boys okay so we've got a nice <laughs> promo deal going for bible 2 right now uh it should come out later this year so pre-orders are open uh we've because we're we're funding the project uh, we're gonna have our names as producers on it uh which they don't normally do for books but they are for us in this case uh and we're, we're making a few changes you know we're chasing changing moses to a literal bison for example uh, a lot more, you know, just punching up the stories in a lot of ways. Uh, the yep. bears that uh, Job sends to maul 40 children, uh, they're now horrible experiments gone wrong, uh, conducted by God. Yep, um, Jesus a lot is going to turn... A couple changes. He's going to turn water into four loco, because that's a lot cooler. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Top your donations, get your name in the Apostles. Yeah, 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 yeah. For, uh, top 10 subscribers on Patreon get uh, get their name as an apostle. Uh, move over, Luke. Am I right? Yeah. Luke's always looks going to be the first one to go. But yeah. uh, one lucky listener will get to replace John. And be it'll be your name, 316, held up at all the sporting events in the near future. <laughs> uh, and I think that constitutes a lore boys. Lore boys. Blasphemy. Out. Out. <laughs> My name's James, and I had half a tuna wrap and a Thai salad, and it was good. My name's Ethan. I was giving fishing advice to somebody today. Uh, well, actually, a lot of us were giving fish and, uh, fishing advice to one person today, and somebody had the genius idea of just buying a fish, bringing it to the campsite, and grilling it in front of all the other fishermen, right? <laughs> what a flex. Right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Look at the one I caught. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, I caught a uh, finished trout here in uh, Lac Saint-Jacques-Quebec. <laughs> it's like a lobster it's just like uh you did not catch that here uh my name is peter i also had tuna today but i had a fruit salad earlier because peaches are 99 cents a pound oh nice yeah dude it's a good price for peaches yeah yeah that season sucking on my titties like you wanted me calling me all the time. <laughs> what was that song that you had mashed up with that, Jamie? Uh, I just will, oh. as well go for so <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's it. <laughs> Nobody cries. You keep, you keep, Sucking you keep, on your titties you like you wanted me calling me all the time and that and that. <laughs> I don't know why, but it fucking hit me good. Yeah. All right. Planning for your next trip? 
Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.